Alright, everybody do like a little mic check. Um, about uh, two inches from the mic is where we want to be. If we can. Heidi ho, this is me testing. <clears throat> yeah. Me, 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 me. Oh. Oh. That's coming in hot. Alright, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Alright. Oh. What am I doing? We apologize for the extra eating that might happen today. Amber brought in a charcuterie board. <laughs> charcuterie. Charcuterie, whatever. Okay. <laughs> what did I say? Charcuterie? Charcuterie. 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 You said, I don't know what you said, it's but it's a little was tricky wrong. to say. Charcuterie? No. Charcuterie? Charcuterie. C'est français, mon ami. Charcuterie. Excuse me for your charcuterie. It's a hoity-toity word. It is hoity-toity. It just means eat with your fingers. Eat with all the, yeah. <laughs> eat a lot of yummy things on a wooden board with your fingers. <laughs> but so, okay, so today we've done tons and tons of fun things, Amber and I, so for like the past tight. couple of months. And then we did a bit of a ramble <laughs> and then another ramble. And today we're going deep into some stuff that we've actually wanted to talk about for a really long time and we put it on hold for because we wanted to talk to someone with some skills and someone who actually knows what they're doing someone Ish. yeah with a Ish. title yeah someone with a title <laughs> yes and so our friend with the title who is finally we were like shannon she's hard she's hard to get a hold of here because she's a working a woman title. she's got an important title she works in uh one of the mental hospitals that's local to us and you have been there for your entire career yes and that's been what thirty years, not quite. But I graduated almost, right? at nursing school in '99, so it's twenty-three. Well, Creepers! I know. Creepers! Right? I can't yeah. even. It's just like a blink. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sort of right. <laughs> but you've worked your way up, and now you're <clears throat> a what? I am a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. It's too many letters. That is a lot. It's of a letters. mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. Psych NP. It's easier to say. Yeah. So our Shannon Cook, our friend Shannon, is here with us to talk about some mental health disorders, specifically ones that Amber and I have come in contact with mm-hmm. on a regular throughout our lives. <clears throat> and that's kind of why Amber and I are all about speaking into the things that we've been through and pushing that forward now right. because we're in our 40s, even even like biblically, we're kind of in that time period where we're like supposed to help people with the wisdom that God's given us, which he hasn't given me very much through all the last 44 years. But the stuff that he has, I'm gleaning mm-hmm. and receiving, it, receive, I'm, I'm receiving, receiving and I'm willing, 100% willing to just put it back out there, praying that it helps somebody else. And mm-hmm. our philosophy is also that even if it blesses just one person mm-hmm. um, or that we just start, do this in obedience to God who's given us this outlet, like that's enough. Yes. And so we're going to go deep into some, I mean, what's on my heart is narcissism and that's what I've been reading about. And that's kind of one of the things we asked Shannon, but then also Amber, you want to talk about some like um, dual personality disorder yes, borderline stuff, borderline personality, borderline disorder. personality mm. disorder stuff combined with narcissism (laughs) there's a lot of common commonalities there common toxicity in generally in general like how do you deal with toxicity or people who you know in your life well how do we what is a good strategy and i Mm -hmm. want to apologize to everyone i have no voice 
But I told every I told Rachel, I was like, I gotta keep podcasting. So this is my body responding to trauma therapy. So I go to trauma mm-hmm. therapy now every week. And my therapist was like, be prepared, your body, because my I'm rewiring my brain mm. from past trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot. And so part your body starts kind of breaking down a little bit when it is going through that. And I'm supposed to rest because that's like my body, your body literally saying mm-hmm. you need a rest. Mm. But I also teach kindergarten where <laughs> all I do is talk. <laughs> and I am a mom of four children. Who play sports. Who play so sports. So you're screaming and, and yelling. And so I, I could not, at Parker's <laughs> last game, I could silent. not even cheer. One, I could barely cheer. I think I got three cheers. Oh, and then Peter's wow. like, zip it. Um, Peter's living so, his best life because you can't cheer. I know. Peter <laughs> is living his best life because I Does can't Peter cheer. Does ever cheer? No, never. He's silent and he stays as far away from me as possible. He's cheering in his heart. Um, So anyway, I just for the next couple of months, this is might just be. I think it's cute. It's fine. It's totally sounds like a smoke a pack a day. It does kind of sound like you're a smoker, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. I I am not. I love that you shared that though, because it makes me think of an amazing book called "The Body Keeps the Score." Yes, heard of it. Oh, I have. Check, check it out. It's written the body um, by keeps the this score. guy whose last name is Dutch and I can never remember it. But um, the gist is we're, we're a whole person. Yes. Right? And, yes. And um, yeah, how these things get encoded in our bodies and our brains. Yes. Right? And I just started listening to a new book that brings us back to narcissism that so far has been super good. And it's been really great. If you have people in your f- lives that are narcissistic mm-hmm. – but your partner may not or um, other people in your family might not. It's a – Peter and I are listening to it in the car and it's called I'm Glad My Mom is Dead by Je- Jan- mm, Janetta, cool. Janetta McCurdy. Um, she's a – That is a heavy a, title. Yeah. It's, Ooh, she was a – attention getter. <laughs> she was a child star who lived <laughs> and her mother had borderline personality disorder and narcissism, uh, which, you know – I I feel deeply and it was really interesting because I literally had just said that to my therapist a couple weeks ago about saying that like I feel awful that sometimes I just wish that this would just be over and I know that it will never be over until my mom passes away because I'll, I'll always have to have these coping skills of like what do I do if I see her in a store what do mm. I do if you know she confronts my children or confronts a, a friend of mine that she sees someplace and starts trying to do her manipulation game. Mm-hmm. And I said to my therapist, you know, and she, we worked through that and talked mm-hmm. through that, like that feeling. And then literally mm-hmm. two weeks later, this book comes out and I was like, well, I feel that deeply. Like, and it's not in a mean way. It's in a, in a, it's a really great book, but it's been fun listening it to it with Peter because he'll be like, how's that feel to you? You know, like we, because then he can hear, mm-hmm. you know, because he's in my fishbowl. So he gets mm-hmm. to hear somebody else's story that's similar but different from mine. But me and him are able to have that conversation and it's been very, very fascinating. Easy, re- easy listen. If you get it on Audible, <clears throat> the author reads it and she's a trained actress, so she makes it. Really engaging mm. to listen to. It almost feels like a podcast more than a book. But mm. yeah, narcissism's real, people, and it's hard. Mm. It's really a hard disorder. I don't even really know how to like launch into it because, <laughs> like, do we want to just jump into the dive into the narcissism first? I feel like that's the common 
for me anyway, like I'm, I feel like that's kind of a common thread that we want to at least do that. So maybe for we sure. should start mm-hmm. there and branch off mm-hmm. from it. Um, do you have a definition ready? Because if you don't, I have like tons of stuff that I could say about it. But do you have anything like that? I do. I do have a few. And and would it be okay if we start with talking about personality disorders in general? Yeah. Like, Please. Not everybody yeah. knows what that I love that she's asking permission. <laughs> you are in control of this. That's right. Whoa. <laughs> That's true. That's why we're glad that we have you. That's scary. No, don't well, it's, to um, me, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't feel like we can just, just talk about this, just Amber and I, because it is clinical. Like it takes – like the stuff that we've dealt with, it's like – this is an actual disorder. It's not right. the people that in our, our that have been in our in lives. Sphere. They yeah. almost can't help being this way, which is actually really the hard part for me. They yes. can't help it, and that and yet and yet, and yet <laughs> right. So you just there's yeah. things that are automatic for all of us, right? We all yeah. have um, Mars because of the fall, mm-hmm. but. None of us can go through our lives saying, I just can't help it. Amen. Um, Right. (laughs) Because. I always say reasons but not excuses. Yes. Yes. That's beautiful, Rach. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is a reason why they're acting like this and that's the way they are. But it's not a license to kill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Or mar other people. Yeah. So definitely start there with just personality disorders in general or behavioral disorders, whatever you said. Yeah, no, and that's the behavioral is a good term too that's used in psychiatry and we tend to see mental illnesses like in two different sections and really that's, we're finding out the more we know about genes and biology and our brains, that's like even a falsehood. Um, But we tend to see it as you have personality patterns, disorders, characterological, behavioral, whatever you call it, stuff that's more therapy, less medicine, and then you have um, mood disorders, more biological things like bipolar, schizophrenia, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like you have the genetics for this, and probably needs medication, and we can mm. make a big difference with medication. Um, hmm. But again, the more we learn about neurology the more we realize that, you know, actually these family traits, these personality disorders are passed on through our genes. You know, yeah. the Bible talks about that. Curses, like, people, curses. <laughs> curses and blessings and things that are, that go down through. I mean, you look at Genesis mm-hmm. and all the dysfunctional families and, and you can see evidence of that, but also how in our families we're slowly undoing that. Amen. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. Well, uh, that's like systematic poverty and you see it. Yep. You know, if you're, I say to my family, usually abuse is systematic. So systemic. Now it's my turn. Oh, systemic. <laughs> it's Thank Rachel's you. turn to correct. Systemic. <laughs> Chartreuterie. <laughs> Psychotic. Systematic. Systemic. Systemic. But it can abuse. be systematic sometimes too. <laughs> it feels like, like that. Yeah. Um, but how Absolutely. you can see it go down through families, yeah. and it is, it's our job to. Know better, do better. You know, Maya Angelou, when you know better, you do better. So you you have to try your best and then pray a ton, mm-hmm. for me at least, that my children will do even better and that their children will do even better. Yeah. And those kids, so they've, they may have the genetic coding from you that you passed on and you couldn't help. 
right. you know, to have narcissistic or borderline tendencies or to be depressed or anxious, but they are without excuse right. because of the Holy Spirit if you're a person of faith and because we know that everything we do and we learn something new on a podcast when we see a therapist that is literally changing our brains like biologically chemically physically our neurons are making new connections Mm -hmm. chemicals are changing like serotonin and um which fascinates me yes and Mm -hmm. the fancy term is neuroplasticity in -hmm. other words our brains can change like plastic is moldable and bendable um is it a dr bear that rem- do you know that Dr. Bear who she's got an accent from somewhere? I, I think it's but I think it's a Dr. Bear of some some. There is a famous um, lady who's a neuropsychologist, I think, and who's also a Christian who talks about this concept. Yeah, it might and be it's her. It's amazing, and I forget what her name is, but I've listened to a few of her talks. Okay, yeah, yeah. and she has a podcast. Yeah. I'll I'll figure out who it is and then put it in the You'll show notes. You'll put it notes. in the notes. Yeah. I'll put it in the notes. <laughs> but she believes so firmly about stuff like that yes. where she's like she even will say when you're trying to break a cycle in your brain go pop 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 <laughs> and literally take that negative thought or that negative sort of like mm-hmm. it's stuck on a loop. Mm-hmm. Amen. And go yeah. pop pop pop. Yeah. <laughs> she's like it's literally taking it's it's making a pathway where mm. it's popping and she says it's actually like a popping thing that happens in the at a cellular level mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. like it's changing the code mm-hmm. yeah and it's so cool like i it's, it's giving me goosebumps but like i i i don't have like the bandwidth to, to listen to that kind of information like <laughs> for a, a very long time <laughs> but god led me to that one where I've ri- mm. it stuck with me so much because, like, I, as someone who struggles with anxiety, mm. that definitely was genetic, but also um, as a, a result of, like, a lot of childhood stressors. Um, I think it's a combination of both. That's really vital information for someone like me. Absolutely. So I just yeah. sort of put it in my toolbox of coping yeah. skills with that, where it's like – reality versus yes. the what my brain's telling me right now yep. which is like i'm in danger i'm in danger everything is terrible falling apart everything's yeah. falling apart mm. my life is horrible and then you have to stop yourself and say no pop 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 <laughs> right <laughs> and then Take start speaking that truths yeah. of what is and you know where you're at and who loves you mm. and what your life really is and the opportunities that are still out in front of you but going back to like the disorders, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a that's tough yep. because a lot of the disorders like narcissism and bipolar and all the things that, that are really hard for people to live an unhealthy life, schizophrenia, all the things, they don't want to take meds. <laughs> they need meds. Yeah. But like yeah. one of the first things is that they they don't believe that they need the meds, mm-hmm. and it's so and hard. How you think about your medicine is very mm-hmm. powerful. If I'm right. like, yeah, wow, this Lexpro is going to help me not be depressed and be less calm. It's going to work better than if someone's like, probably not going to do anything <laughs> like everything else because yeah. our brains are so powerful. Wow, but so placebo effect. Placebo Kurt, effect is Kurt, so real. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kurt's like, and oh, like, honey, you, I could be it. giving you Skittles. <laughs> 
me tell you that it's your Lexapro and you'd be like, feel just instantly better. The warm, fuzzy feeling mm-hmm. would sink over you. Now, I do take Lexapro and I take Boost Bar and yeah. what else can I just tell on this podcast? I, I take all the anxiety meds. The 40s are the decade of vulnerability in office. Yeah. Authenticity. I know. I take all the meds. What do you want to know? I also take like a sleep cocktail because I have, I would be an absolute insomniac because my brain comes alive in the night. I wake up around eight o'clock, right. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, "You and my let's Peter create." And, yeah. and my body, as a mama, needs to be like, "No, I need to sleep. I need mm. to sleep. Mm. That's what my family needs. That's what my aging body needs. That's what my brain actually needs." Even though that happens, that doesn't give it. Again, it's a reason, not an excuse. Mm. I do need sleep. Mm. I need seven hours to be like coherent, and not wake up like sideways yeah because that day before when you did your pop pop pops and you were reteaching your brain while you're sleeping your brain's going to be like really making sure that you solidify Mm. all that information and wake up smarter does that happen in sleep it totally does that's so totally cool it's like this big big healing time mm -hmm. for your brain after counseling i usually sleep i almost always have to take a nap Mm -hmm. especially i've done hard work so i did I awesome. actually came home on, I think I did it on Wednesday, and Peter's like, now Peter knows, especially during this time, that when he I have counseling, I can't do, mm. I can't do dinner or those kinds mm. of things, and I literally go home, and I crawled right into my bed, and I pulled my gut, and I crashed mm. for about two hours, because my body actually needs, mm-hmm. it was just so much, and it, the more work we do, like if, you know, because there's ebbs and flows in your work, mm-hmm. the more work we do, the more I sleep or the less mm-hmm. I sleep or the more my voice goes out or the less mm-hmm. my voice goes out or the quicker I recover, the less I recover um, or like the, the speed in which I feel back to normal. But I, I feel it very – it, but it is. That's exactly what we're, I'm doing is I have to relive every memory. We have to talk mm-hmm. through it. And then she, my psychologist, psychiatrist helps me and she helps me see like – what about that's real? What about that's not real? What about that's mm, true? Break it down. What, yeah. How did that make you feel? What is the truth now <laughs> that you can share with that little you, little Amber? And then mm-hmm. we talk through that and then you move to the next. It's like I actually looked – I look at her and I'm like, can I be done yet? Mm, <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah. no. Push a little harder because yep. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so good that you listen to your body though after because your, your brain's like, okay – Time to shut down. I don't even think I have a choice. We're done. Yeah, no. I don't even have a choice. Like my body literally is like, and we're toast. Mm. So you, this, the last time I saw you, I don't remember where you were. I think we were at a soccer game, but you said you were talking about your little girl, which is you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's me. Mm. And you're, you're doing, you're, you're talking about it much more and more. Yeah. Mm. And when you were telling me about it this last, a couple of days ago, you were just like, and she... And she was this. And it's like, and it's mm. so cool. And I, I, I think that I'm just going to steal some of your counseling by the, you know, the <laughs> residual <laughs> effect. But <laughs> my, and and mine is learned. free because and <gasps> mine is not, I, like, I love that. I often, you know this, and I know I've said it on the podcast. When I, when I go through a, an emotional trauma of any mm. kind, I revert to a five-year-old girl in my brain. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the five-year-old girl I don't know what kind of trauma or where I was at. I'm sure I could trace it back to a specific place or a year of whatever. I'm sure Mm -hmm. we were moving because we were moving all the time for my first nine Mm -hmm. years of life. But whatever happened, 
that's who I picture in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm five years old. I'm completely vulnerable. Yes. And I'm unsafe, and I don't know what's happening. And right. so as even as a 44-year-old woman, and so now you seem to have, like, these conversations that happened between your 44-year-old self yes. and the little girl self. Yes, we actually yeah. talk to her, which is – it mm. feels weird when you say that and, like, not to you guys, but hi, podcasters, and I talk to myself. <laughs> um, but, like, for me – I what I realize is I do the exact same thing. I think a lot of people do that. Um, even mm. if you didn't have a ton of trauma or, you know, we all go through hard things. So wherever mm. your hard things is, um, you kind of go back to that space where that happened. And I, I what I'm learning is that I revert, like the 44-year-old me reverts there and that little girl deserves a break Mm. she's worked really hard Mm -hmm. like she's brought me this far and that's the other thing that I'm working a lot with my therapist is giving her the praise you know like giving her the accolades that she deserved that didn't get when she was surviving all of that she was amazing she is freaking amazing (laughs) and so but she also deserves to rest and I as a 44 year old woman need to let her rest so mm. I need to learn to do all the things that she did but in my body now because mm. that's what's happening is when you've had so much trauma you rev- you mm. keep reverting back mm. and so it is it the first time I did it with my <laughs> with my therapist I was like this is so weird and she's like just just try just it, with it. <laughs> and she did it for me the first couple Aww. of times of like mm. you know because when you grow when you are around unhealthy people or when you struggle with mental health issues in your own self it is a it is an internal battle there's something you know inside your own body mm-hmm. and the narrative that I always thought was that I am the problem and if I could just do everything just right these implosions would stop mm-hmm. in my life right. and so mm-hmm. giving like giving that little girl the break of you are incredible. Like you look at, I, the only reason I am a functioning 44 year old woman is because of the little girl that I was, that was able to fight this so hard. And that's, that's a a total, that's actually the opposite of the narrative you're told when you live in a household with someone with a mental health issue. That's especially one that's not willing to be Mm -hmm. treated or get help Mm -hmm. that it's so it's like an actual, again, that's why I'm so tired. I have no voice Mm -hmm. is that I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, my brain is actually rewiring everything of how I look at the world all the way from when I was a little girl to come back because she deserves to be praised and she never was. And she deserves to, to rest Mm -hmm. like, and so mm-hmm. I'm glad you're doing it too, Rachel. It's a it's a very we you know, we deserve to thank God for the way in which he gave us the strength even when we didn't know we have that strength. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. to me is what that little girl was. That was a kindness of the Lord that he How do you work through the sadness? Cuz like I'm kind mm-hmm. of stuck in a sadness place where I'm like I see this little girl and I just want to sit down next to her and Ball, you should. That's what I do (laughs) a lot. I cry so much. I cry so much. Also, probably Mm -hmm. why I don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I think for me, 
And Jane, and I'd love to hear your feelings on that. Like, I do think that there's, a, it's just like any other grief process. Like, mm-hmm. that's why, that's why I keep asking if I can be done yet, because it is so incredibly exhausting and painful. And as you start opening up those things, I was warned, and mm-hmm. my therapist was correct, more stuff that you had actually buried even deeper mm-hmm. start coming to the, to the forefront. And... Um, I always call my sister after my sessions and mm-hmm. we talk because she's literally the only one who can really, we have a parallel and even our remembrances are different because she mm-hmm. was so much younger than me and like her, she received trauma differently than I received trauma, but at least we kind of had the same understanding and we started sharing stories with each other because that's what my therapist is really encouraging mm-hmm. me to do because Things that I have always thought are normal, I was shit. Like, my therapist is like, that is not normal. Yeah. You know, so learn, and, but you, <clears throat> so that little girl, you have to cry with her for a little while so that. I think I'm stuck there. It's think, okay. You I might think have, I have to, to be, like, you know, someone has to electrocute me into the next phase of healing. Where I don't know like, if you, <laughs> I don't. move past that. You, uh, everybody's got different. Length timeline, right? For your stages of grief, and yeah, I don't yeah. think I every time I think I'm past it. Well, I and I, we were talking about how we're so reactionary and how we sent we, we she and I both tend to stuff our lives pretty full. <laughs> and yeah, you and went, part, I wonder why. And part of that reason, <laughs> part of that reason, coping mechanism, yeah. coping, and we don't want to have the t- t- we don't have even want to have the time to reflect, gotcha. amen. Where we're like, whereas no, Shannon over reflex. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you don't have you you don't you have the to time to do that party, either. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's where I'm at right now. God's saying, I want you to just have a season where you're where you're not overstacking your life, and I want yeah. you to reflect. And oh, I remember you sharing this. I'm just well, so is this like, why? Are you starting to see why? Yeah, Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she is. That's her. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't like the me. answer. Yeah. <laughs> With so... my teenagers, I don't know can mean many things. I know. <laughs> I don't know means yes, but <laughs> but I don't like that answer. It's such a slow, quiet thing, and yeah. I don't like it. Like mm-hmm. I don't have anything to show for it, and I don't have. Mm-hmm. Which speaks to you a don't whole other think thing. You have anything to show, for right? Me. On yeah. the out, right? I don't have anything no. I can take a picture of. Okay, mm-hmm. I I need so. And you're very if, visual. If I don't have footage <laughs> that's pleasant after a long day of reflecting and it all being bad or being hard, <clears throat> then it's hard to go to a soccer game and be a soccer mom and be oh. like this upbeat. Mm-hmm. I'm totally with it. Like the healing hurts the day sometimes for me and so it's easier for me to just like leave that door shut yeah and be like that goes in there that goes in there that goes Mm -hmm. in there and now I'm sort of feeling like that's a really that's a full room back there that I need (laughs) to and it because it takes time and because I would much rather on any given day in any given hour do something Mm, make something clean something organize something take pictures of something serve somebody go to a soccer game because then you feel in control of your little kingdom I do Mm -hmm. I feel in control and I feel validated (laughs) as I like that was a mic drop right there yeah what did you say I see I'm ignoring you I can only say that because I know you (laughs) then you are in control of your little kingdom I know and I'm preaching to myself because I know no, my first I, go-to. I receive all the when things. When I'm overwhelmed is, what can I organize? Yeah. And yep, 
have to stop myself. And the myself madder then. that I am or the sadder that I am, the cleaner mm. something gets. Oh, yes. <laughs> but Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, right? And I want to get down in it with you and I'll comfort you and I've suffered and join with me in my suffering. And Yeah. But this way I'm killing two birds with one stone. I'm mourning and cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> And still in control. I know. Which was the Mary and Martha? He's going to pursue you no matter Which one what was the doing. one who always had to do the dishes first? Martha. I think, wasn't it Martha? Yes. I think it was Martha. Martha? Martha? Yeah. I'm you a were, Martha. You're a Martha, and yeah. I'm a total Mary. I'll just sit and cry for a long time, and the house I can know. fall apart. I want to be that one that just sits and here, like, here's my hair, but I'm, I'm, Martha, and I'm trying to make food and do the dishes, and I'm being like, your hair! (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a whole other podcast, guys, because Mary, there's so much more to that story. I know. We're going to have Mary was rocking cultural norms. She was going into the men's room. She was. She was going in the men's room, and it was a big big freaking deal. Okay. We have to write this down. Another day. Amber, grab me a pencil. (laughs) I know. I always. It wasn't just about, oh, she's the quiet listening one, and this is the hardworking one that doesn't want to learn about Jesus. Us. Yeah. Wow. So coming in hot. <laughs> She's coming in hot. We, we're so, this is how we do it. We're sidetracked and we're the half more an hour in. Am, the more yeah. Hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't. you should not be nervous. Okay. So <laughs> let's get back on. So narcissism. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So no, you're. It's so all. So this good. is how narcissism affects the people around you. So how to spot right. them? What are they? Let's do it. Step one is understanding. What is personality in the first place? It's the way we think, we feel, we behave, how we interact with the world and others, how we think about ourselves mm-hmm. and built genetically, built through our life experiences, big way built through our attachments mm-hmm. in those first few years of childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, or lack thereof. Or lack thereof, right. <laughs> so, um, so personality disorder... Shannon's like kind of layman's terms definition that I give to my patients. It's how you see yourself. It's how you cope with stress, how you act in relationships. It's the pattern of that. So it's not like a one situation. Oh my gosh, they were so narcissist. It's what's your pattern over (laughs) most of your life been, Mm -hmm. um, your go-tos. And um, it's not working for you now. Like Amber was talking about like, Whatever she she had to learn all kinds of ways of relating and thinking about herself and others when she was five and trying to survive, but they're not going to work for her as a forty four year old. So she's got to relearn those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exhausting. Um, and every personality disorder, if you look at like DSM definition, has to do with significant impairments in your self concept. And your and interpersonal functioning. Mm-hmm. So me and other people. And is significant there a, a scale? I know that I know that for narcissism, there's like nine, I think, or eleven. I don't different. remember. And 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 it changed like from DSM four to five. And you know, for our well, listeners, we don't even know those is, those are yeah. like books that okay are used to diagnose. define and diagnose right. mental illness. You had so, to have a certain number right of, of markers, right? Yeah. Meet a certain number of criteria to be officially have it be a disorder. Right. Like some of us have tendencies, traits, tendencies. Yes. I have yeah. narcissistic tendencies. <laughs> Uh, Miss Piggy. Admittedly, I right. I don't like being told what to do. I like telling people what to do. Narcissist. 
But I'm a nice narcissist. Mm. I don't. You're not a narcissist. You just have <laughs> tendencies. So here's the thing. And I was just, as I was listening to one of the really good talks I listened to um, about narcissism recently, they made a point of saying, remember, just because you have narcissistic moments or days, you're not. And probably just the fact that you are talking about it and self-aware means you're not. Right. Be- because yeah. one of the main issues with a narcissistic person and, mm-hmm. and really with a lot of the personality disorders is a lack of self-awareness. Right. And that's one of the, the things that yeah. we get out of those good, strong, healthy attachments when we're itty-bitty is mm-hmm. no, having a solid definition of who we are, knowing that mm-hmm. um, people are going <laughs> to be there when we need them to be there, um, having self-awareness and emotional intelligence that gets broken when you don't have mm. a mom or a dad that are consistently there for you and mm-hmm. are um let alone one like amber who is grinding away at you uh emotionally for everyday right life and right and now stealing so either that. neglect or overt like right. abuse. abuse right right both right. can be equally damaging and right. there's no you know when you read about narcissism there's no one kind of parenting style that mm-hmm. makes a narcissist but in general it's the extremes right. mm. overindulgent neglect mm-hmm. um just not a balanced healthy yeah attachment not consistently right either. like in the yeah. book that i'm reading the mom um I'm, I keep butchering her name. I think it's Jeanette uh, or Jeanette. Um, her mom was actually quite the opposite of mine. Like her mom was super like um, over, like you couldn't leave her space. It was almost like she was smothered. Like they slept mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. She was, mm-hmm. al- she always needed mm-hmm. to be, like she needed her to be famous so that she could, you know, it was like vicariously living through her. She was, um, she, you wouldn't even let her, wipe her own rear end at eight years old wow. she'd follow her into the stall like so she couldn't develop a she sense couldn't of self right she yeah. herself was her mother mm-hmm. so like that's like that over and peter was like mm-hmm. that was not and i was like nope i was mm-hmm. you know so others mm-hmm. it's the opposite so it is it's more of those extremes it doesn't necessarily mean that they yeah and obviously that manifests damaging. it yeah. manifests itself differently, differently yes. in uh every single person Shannon, if you have good definitions, you read them. Otherwise, I I have a long list of stuff. So like quick definition, pattern, it's a pattern of grandiosity, like thinking Mm -hmm. too much of yourself and I'm more Superman or woman than I actually am. Needing to be constantly admired, like you are a well that will never be filled. Um, And if you're in a relationship with this person, it's like a vampire just sucking everything Mm -hmm. out of you. And it's Mm -hmm. one-sided. It's not mutual, mutually supportive or going both ways. And the lack of empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, And with the new DSM DSM definition, which I really love um, that I said a minute ago, big thing to remember, impairment and self-functioning, knowing yourself and who I am, impairment in relating to others. So in, in with narcissism, what it looks like is um, you're excessively depending on other people around you for your self-definition, for your self-esteem regulation. Yeah. So there's impairment in your identity and your self-direction. So that's the self part. 
Um, your goal setting is based on gaining approval from others. Your standards for yourself actually might be unreasonably high. Um, that's what people forget, like that these are people who are exceedingly insecure and probably mm-hmm. have a really low self-esteem even you know, despite the way they may present. Um, and with others, you are really broken in your ability to be empathetic um, and intimacy is broken. Your mm-hmm. relationships are really superficial. They exist to serve like you, your ends, your your view mm-hmm. of yourself. Um, so Amber's got her hands up in the air, and I, I think, agree. Yeah. Uh, the, the oh yeah, preach it, preach it, Shannon. That's so good. So could I read a few things? This is actually Absolutely. kind of a lot, but one of the things that I wanted to do, one of the reasons why I personally wanted to have an episode about this, which is kind of deep and dark, is because I want to raise awareness for those mm. of you who might be either living with. Yeah. Uh, someone like this and you're not even aware of it which is very possible i've witnessed this um this some of these things might um awaken some curiosity maybe about is this actually a situation that i'm in that's unhealthy and that's Mm. actually a slow drip ruining my life because i've seen this happen to multiple family members and um it's insane how similar mm-hmm. this list resonates. I I have seen everything on this list that I'm about to read. It's from a book called What Narcissists Don't Want You to Know. Now, so what I'm talking about is the darker side of yeah. this. It's the more yeah. extreme. Like I joke that I'm a narcissist and as Shannon said, I'm not because I even joke about we it. And I know we all have some us. right. Yeah. We're all right, we're all a little bit on the spectrum. It's a sliding scale. <laughs> And we all have all, but this is like from people that are actually, and this this takes it into a level that's like, this could be, uh, you could be with someone who's ruining your life. As, mm. you know, and Amber experienced this firsthand as a child and a young adult, and even as an adult, because it's a, a, a drip she can't get away from. <clears throat> and she's trying, but it's very hard to do. So, again, from the book, What Narcissists Don't Want You to Know, um... Their definition is similar to yours, Jan says, comprising a pervasive pattern of grandiosity in fantasy or behavior, a constant need for a- admiration and a total lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. They have a sense of entitlement. They mm-hmm. believe themselves to be deserving of special treatment because of their inflated sense of importance. Yeah. They require excessive admiration, validation, and mm-hmm. admiration, validation, and adoration. If you're not focused on their every need, they will feel slighted. Yeah. They believe themselves to be superior, regardless of their achievements or lack thereof, and they expect to be recognized as such. That one I am extremely familiar with. And it is just, <laughs> I, I now on, on the outside of it, I can, it's hilarious, can but it's it really sad, like yeah. in action. Yeah. Well, um, it destroys relationships. It causes so much damage. Yeah. Right. It's so it's because the whole yeah. thing it's unreasonable. There's yeah. there's nothing here that's like that's unreasonable. You know, um because they believe themselves to be superior, they will often exaggerate their talents and achievements. They believe that they can only associate with people who are also special, but they will never recognize them as being as special as they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
they will also try to take down the laughs of recognition over sorry. here. <laughs> sorry. I know. Just breathing it's, through it. Just breathing through I it. I loved this book. I read it very quickly and I was just like, this is just, it's like a soothing balm because it makes, whenever you read or hear something where you're like, okay, I don't feel crazy. I want, well, and that, what you said right there, that's one of the like, how to know you might be in a relationship with a narcissist if you are starting to feel crazy yes like that that's yes. a theme right yeah exactly <laughs> like you're being sucked dry and like you're crazy um, right if you're constantly asking yourself am i crazy what is reality? or yeah. right exactly um they will also try to take down quote unquote people they believe are better as that will show just how special they are mm. that's called triangulation they will usually monopolize conversations, and if they believe you to be inferior to them, which they do for almost everybody, they will belittle you or look down on you. Mm-hmm. They expect to be given special favor. That's kind of repeated. They demand unquestioned compliance with their wishes. They will not hesitate to take advantage of other people to achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. They won't recognize the needs or feelings of other people because they can't. Mm. that one I yeah. like kind of put like literally this can't fl- they literally yeah. can't I have a very hard time with the ones where it's like they literally can't but remember it doesn't necessarily mean they never will learn but right now they can't they can't right you know, they don't have hop I, back to the discussion about this is like neurological in part right. not just not just it's nurture, so hard nature. for me because I just want to like smack them and be like <laughs> what you know but they, the, the capacity isn't there no um, they're arrogant and often behave in a haughty manner, which manifests as being boastful, pretentious, and conceited. Mm-hmm. They insist on only the best, whether it's their car, their office, their home, because they believe they deserve nothing less. When they're confronted with even the slightest criticism, they feel extremely threatened and will frequently mm-hmm. react in one of the following ways. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Wow, gosh. This is a lot. I think I might have to just show notes some of this, but it's basically like you were saying it's like incredibly reactionary mm-hmm. and disproportionate anger whenever something triggers what they call the narcissistic wound that's one of the theories like that there's some wound back there oh. whether it's like crappy attachment or mm-hmm. you were humiliated at some point and you never got over it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. something big that really hurt your sense of who you are and how you connect to others okay and whenever that's triggered mm look out well that's kind of like what happens i i love true crime uh not the moment i have like i've reached my saturation point but there's there's this common theme in murderers and serial killers and people that hurt other people and it's that something happened in their childhood most of them a few of them it's like they had a great childhood and then they became a serial killer but most of them had a dark moment it did trigger the fact that they did have those t- tendencies, like right. uh, the match an that emotional lit the pile of kindling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never one thing, right? Yeah. And it's so that combination of having those tendencies plus because the plus own. the trauma, mm-hmm. it was like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, it like started this sort of runaway train. Mm-hmm. And I, with both of the people that I know, who ended up becoming really dark humans that could be totally true Mm. yeah and the sad thing is like as it's multiple stuff that can build a narcissist once they're there and they're trying to like fill that empty void inside of them they end up not just being narcissists but being an alcoholic being a substance abuser being depressed and anxious all the time 
lots right. of what we call comorbidities. Comorbidities. So, yeah. so you you see them in the office. It's very unlikely not because they're coming to you wanting help with narcissism. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> you see them because they're like, oh my gosh, like my mm. wife is telling me to stop drinking or I'm tired of, more likely, I'm tired of feeling so crappy because they're very self-focused. Can you help me feel better? Mm. Okay. So that's good. That's a good segue into how do we who live with, and if this obviously this this runs an incredibly huge spectrum because if you're in danger you need to get out mm-hmm. and if you're just yes. living with a difficult human yeah if you're just living with a difficult human then it's like there's a lot of really good books out there i just finished reading healing from hidden abuse mm-hmm. a journey through the stages of recovery from psychological abuse and in it she she goes breaks down um narcissism psych psychopathy mm-hmm mm-hmm and there's similarities psychological or yeah what what psychopathy or some people will call it antisocial personality disorder right those murderers you think yeah of. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah they are premeditating mm-hmm. a narcissist right. necess- is not necessarily premeditating they're mm-hmm. they're doing it and they don't really mm-hmm. always know what they're doing or have insight they're just in that pattern but an antisocial person or a sociopathic person right that was the other one sociopath it, it's all yeah. it's the same it's like different terms and different okay. decades yeah they are premeditating and enjoying humans are to be used mm-hmm. right i do i cross all boundaries yes yeah. Yeah. yeah and it was so 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 good i highly recommend it if anyone um, I have a friend who is going through like just beginning the recovery stage from being in a marriage that she was with a narcissist. She had many children with this person and, and like just mm-hmm. starting to recover. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you got to read this book. She's like, I have that book. I have a lot of books. <laughs> a lot of books. <laughs> and there is, I'm sorry. But um, for those of you who don't have any books yet and you, you think that might be me, I need, I need something or, mm. or you're just, you've been through some sort of trauma. It doesn't have to be someone in your family either. I just recently went through some, some emotional trauma because of people that I was working with over the last couple of years. And I, my mother gave me this book because mm. she was like, I feel like you've been a little bit abused. This you had. Right. Mm. And, and so she's like, you just need to read this to like, know that you're not crazy mm-hmm. to know that you, this what happened to you falls into a category and other people understand it. Mm-hmm. And it's so comforting. It is such a warm blanket mm-hmm. to read something and, and have it spelled out for you. And it does make those little neurotransmitters pop, pop, pop. That's like, I'm yeah. not crazy. I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And that's what we all need. We need that first step before we can change or grow or learn or heal. And narcissists need that too. Like anybody Mm -hmm. with a personality disorder, the very first thing they need is our empathy and compassion. And Mm -hmm. even if that means like feeding the narcissist a little bit, Mm. playing a little bit, you know, to their ego in order to get that rapport and give them that validation and compassion. This That's is why you are a saint. Yeah. (laughs) Amber and I are both shaking our heads. You're going to give the truth, (laughs) you know, and, and, Maybe mm. really, that's probably even more so in a professional relationship right. with I, someone who's got narcissism. Because if agree. I'm a if I'm a wife of a narcissist or a husband of a narcissist, and there's abuse going on, um, it's not my job to stay and heal them, <laughs> change <laughs> them. That's right. To saying. make sure I'm safe, yeah. and it's and and that's so. Number one, compassion. Number two, how do you 
live with love, be with mm-hmm. a person with these issues is boundaries. Yes. And that's, you know, whether you're someone that believes in Jesus or not, like that's, that's um, a biblical truth, but it's also universal, like universal truth, <laughs> yeah. like boundaries. You're there. They're not going to get help. They're right. not going to be pointed to the truth unless you do set those very firm boundaries. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that would be one of the, so I outlined the, there's a lot of really good stuff in that book, uh, Healing mm. from Hidden Abuse, but I outlined the six stages of healing that she says, and I think that it's, it's, I, I won't read it all, I'll link it in the show notes, but it's, it's so good, um, whether it's, you know, I would say for me, the last couple of years, it's like uh, not a deep, traumatic, it's, it was enough to shake me a bit and set me back a little bit emotionally, but it's not like I'm in the deep, deep darkness, mm-hmm. but like for my friend with a, with a marriage of 20 years that's fallen mm-hmm. apart and, re- and the realization that you've been with someone who's been chipping away at your identity for like two decades, that's some seriously hard healing that has to happen. And for you, Amber, who it's like you're you're dealing with your your younger self and a lot of the trauma from from having a lifelong slow drip of a toxic mother. And so like, but this is so good. The first thing beyond the stages of healing is just the awareness that you have had your life changed and perhaps ruined by emotional abuse, which can be earth shaking and super destabilizing. Um seeing a counselor, finding a friend, reading a book like this, mapping it out. Um, In the book, she calls people survivors, not victims, Mm -hmm. because survivors Mm -hmm. keep on going. They persevere. Mm -hmm. They remain alive and carry on despite the trauma they've been through. They strive to remain functional. Mm -hmm. They learn how to cope, and they persist despite major setbacks. Mm -hmm. And so her six stages of healing are one, which is despair, (laughs) Mm-hmm. which is a deep, you know just the realization and a deep sorrow um the feeling that you just can't do this anymore that you don't know who you are anymore number 2 is education you can't begin to recover if you don't know what has been happening to you and amber i think mm-hmm. that's kind of where you're at with your counselor like you're literally like what happened she's asking for all your stories and she's helping you like walk through each one mm-hmm in a totally new way and give you a different narrative. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, the to, thing that's so interesting, it. not to yeah. just to, to speak into that for a second, mm-hmm. I do think like for people, you know, when you're with someone who, or you're working through a relationship with someone who has any sort of personality disorder, the compassion is there. Like I have a lot of compassion for my mom and under, and learning to understand where she came from and but having those boundaries and all of those things and um the difference is is that just to speak into that one would, would be that um the willingness to grow and change you know what I mean mm-hmm. like that's the thing that's so fascinating to me like a lot of people who are listening to podcasts if you are listening it's because you're trying to grow okay. especially if you listen to us because we're we don't do anything but talk about growing and changing and like changing habits. I mean, we do a few little rambles here or there. Where like, but even like, our rambles, I think people move backwards. But yeah. I know. Well, <laughs> even our rambles are about Something. trying and failing. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. that's the that's the difference. The other thing that was so fascinating to me that I've been learning is I've been doing therapy most of my life. You know, I did it in my 
1920s. I did it in my 30s. And now I'm here I am in my 40s. So each decade I've done something. But the fascinating thing that I discovered was each time I was doing it, I was doing it for with a goal in mind. So mm-hmm. like in my 20s, I was doing it to recover from anorexia. So what was the goal? Stop starving yourself. So I would work through my trauma until all of a sudden I had enough self-awareness that I didn't keep starving myself and I stopped doing it and then the next one was to be a good mom because I didn't have mom skills and I had these you know four kids in five years and I was kind of losing it and so the goal was how to mother because I didn't know how to mother so we worked through the goals until I was I felt like okay I think I can mother and then the next time I went was my marriage was falling apart so it was like that that was the goal was make sure my marriage doesn't fall apart. And when we knew that our marriage wasn't going to fall apart, I stopped. So this is the first time I've ever gone to therapy without a goal. Mm. It's because I just needed to survive. And my grandmother's death kind of was the mm. the epicenter of this, like, actual f- – My I, I think I'm, I, I'm an orphan. Like, <laughs> my yeah, family. I feel like that is the goal, though. It's like for you as the entire human being. Yeah. To heal. So, but that's what's so interesting. And what I was saying to my therapist was I, I remember writing in my journal when I was in, in Acadia, where Shannon works, in the outpatient program. And I was writing about how I felt like I had opened up a closet and all the stuff that I had been shoved in the closet had fallen on top of me. And I am rem- describing it. Like I'm laying and I was telling this to my therapist. And she's like, Amber, that's so interesting. And there are two instincts. The first instinct is to just jump up and shove the crap back into the closet <laughs> as hard as you can mm-hmm. and slam the door. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is that what I did is I I did that down in the bottom sections. And then I would I would get it one shelf kind of organized <laughs> and I get another <laughs> shelf kind of organized but there was still a lot of garbage in there that I didn't and my grandmother's death was like an earthquake and it just reassembled mm-hmm. all of it and now I, that's why I feel mm-hmm. again like I'm just mm-hmm. here but this time my goal is a whole self mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there's no like there's nothing else but me which is how I know that mm-hmm. I was raised by what raised by a narcissist or someone with borderline personality disorder, is that when you're raised by someone with a severe personality disorder, it's never about you. My mm-hmm. entire life mm-hmm. was to make sure all the eggshells were just right and my, and my family was safe. It was never about me. Yeah. And so this is the very first time in my entire life where I'm actually doing therapy, mm-hmm. not for my husband, Anybody not else. for my children, yeah. not for my body. But actually, just for me, me. You're so selfish. How dare I? <laughs> See, I'm listening to you talk, and I'm resonating with a lot of that. Yeah. And the narrative in my head is saying, if you approach it that way, you're selfish. Like and that's what my brain is telling me. Mm-hmm. If because I wasn't, I have a similar feeling of trying to keep like the eggshells and trying to keep everything just so. Or else life got more stressful. I just mm-hmm. needed to be quiet. You know, my feelings didn't have a lot of value or I was told to feel differently than I felt, which is like, that's impossible. You've, your feelings are your feelings. Are your feelings. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I mean, so it's – And so I just want to encourage I, that yeah, our, least, our so listeners good. that we're not doing this show because we think you're a narcissist or we think we're a narcissist. We're doing this because if you are in unhealthy relationships – 
you are not honoring the person God made you to be. Mm-hmm. Like God made you individually. He knit you together in your mother's room and you are beautifully and wonderfully mm-hmm. made. Mm-hmm. And so if you are living in unhealthy relationships, you are denying yourself to be the person God created you to be. Yeah. And so yeah. as we are filtering that, and sometimes it is somebody that you had to have boundaries with and have no relationship with, which I'm sure Shannon's going to get into those kinds of things. But other times, like she said, like – You might work with one. So how do you learn how to work that system so you don't become their prey and get your, you know, but like, I just want to continue to breathe out into there that when it is hard when you are, when you are around somebody who is unhealthy like this, and it's easy to either push it under the rug or explain it away, you know, or, Mm. but the the, the point is we are called by God to be our authentic self, to bring him glory. That's how we bring mm-hmm. him glory. He doesn't want us to be fake. He doesn't want mm-hmm. us to be not our authentic self because he created us. But if you don't know who that is, right. Right. you do what Amber's doing. I mean, you what don't. Amber's doing right now in counseling, it strikes me, is is step one yeah. of the in the answer to the question of how do you protect yourself against someone with a personality disorder. Yeah. Know yourself. For a Christian, know who you are in yeah. Christ, right? Yep. Mm. He's making us, he's made us a new creation. It's yeah. a lot of work. And, I and feel like we should wrap this one up. It's an hour. Wow. We've already been here for an hour. And then, and, and I started just doing the, the list and we'll do the six steps of awareness like stages of healing uh, and i'm just uh, obviously those it's, this could that could take years but it's like i do want to just throw it out there because and talk about other mm-hmm. ways to cope and other ways like that we have survived all of the things and how you deal with it at like from a professional yeah and i know that you you work mostly with children but i'm sure that there's we're not supposed to diagnose them with personality disorders yet but it's cool because we can like see warning signs and be like Mm -hmm. hey be aware and this is what you could do to change it this is amazing it actually has an amazing goodly good prognosis sometimes if you do maybe see so we're gonna say goodbye for today and then we'll come back and we'll dive into that list and we're just going to continue this conversation even more because it's just something I feel like this could go on for a while so we'll have to figure out how to talk about it but all right guys we love you Bye. bye bye